thing is, with that introduction, there's nowhere to go but down. So I'm going to bring this down. Glory. <laughs> All right. So, hey, the last uh, couple times that uh, I've been speaking with you guys, I've been talking about uh, missional community. And one of the things uh, that I've talked about is third places. And a third place is anywhere uh, that we're doing ministry uh, outside of this building here at the church. So a third place for me might be uh, going with my son uh, to scouts. It's a place that uh, I'm talking with parents as the boys are doing their stuff. I'm getting to know people, uh, hanging out with them. It might be a coffee shop. Um, sometimes it's lifting. It's different things like that. It's a place that is natural for you. Uh, one of the things that, that we're trying to do through missional community is help each of you realize that there's already things uh, that you're doing that you can be more intentional for God at in that place. You don't have to add a bunch of new things to your schedule, but you just need to learn to be intentional in what you're already doing. So uh, for some of us, that could already uh, be work, uh, you know, it's just a variety of things. The, the rock, paper, scissors. If you're inviting people uh, from outside the body uh, that are not believers to that, then it can become a missional third place. Anything, really. I mean, there's, there's so much, and there's so many different things that people are into in this room, like the runners, which they've run more miles than I probably will ever run. I think my mile time is about 17 minutes. So... <laughs> I, w I would have loved to run that race yesterday because I would have got canceled and I still would have gotten an award. All these people got awards that didn't finish the race, which, you know, that's just where we are right now. You don't have to, you don't really have to succeed to get an award, but, you know, that's okay because we're just full of grace, right? Okay, so we've been looking at a scripture uh, the last couple weeks uh, that I've, or over the last couple months that I've shared from Matthew. Uh, but today we're going to go to Luke, and it basically uh, says the same thing. Uh, Luke 10.27 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So everything that we want to do in missional community should come out of, first, we need to be loving God, and then out of that love, we need to be loving our neighbors, loving people at the restaurants, loving people at our sports clubs, at our kids' events, wherever we're going. Out of the abundance of this, the upward, we want to love people outward this way. So, again, as we talk about this missional community, I kind of already said this, I want to remind you, we're not asking you to add stuff to your schedule. I know that people are busy. I really do understand uh, that your schedules are tight, that you have a lot of stuff going on, but we want to encourage you just to be intentional in what you're already doing. So today, I want us to focus on preparing ourselves to get ready to be more intentional in third places, and that's anywhere that we go as followers of Jesus. I want to look at something uh, that we all do. And I want us to ask ourselves if we may be able to be more intentional in this area. 
so that we can have great impact on our family, friends, people of peace, and potential new friends from various third places. In the book, Small is Big, Slow is Fast, which you probably heard some of us uh, talk about at different times, uh, the author talks about a thing called the power of 21. And he's talking about that most of us, and some of us a little bit more, that most of us eat 21 meals a week easily. And that doesn't even include snacks and after um, meals and whatever you have, or if you're a hobbit, you're just eating all the time. You know, um, there's all kinds of opportunities. He wants to point out that there's all kinds of opportunities for us to invite people to have a meal with us. And so, again, that's something you're already doing. And so we're going to look at this, what is um, the power of 21. Uh, he also points out that in the uh, New Testament, there are three ways that Jesus completes the sentence, the Son of Man. The first one is, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give I'm sorry, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The second is, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And the third is, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, okay? And I know a lot of us here, we love to eat and we love to drink. And so I want to point out as we look through this, just how much food is really involved in the Bible from the Old Testament and into the New Testament. So, the first two statements that we looked at there is the first one is saying that he came to save. The second one is saying that he came to, uh, ugh, to serve. And the third one identifies a method. And that method was is that wherever Jesus went, most of the time we would hear that he was having meals with people, breaking bread with people, it said, how did Jesus come serving and seeking and saving the lost? He came eating and drinking. Can you run that video?
Now, that wasn't the video I attended on showing today. But luckily, I had a test group that told me the video I chose was way too long, and they didn't quite get it. So if they didn't get it, you know, I thought it was funny. I watched it, I laughed hysterically, and then I showed it to a few friends, and they were like, was that supposed to be funny? You know, so I had to find something a little bit more uh, moving. So uh, this week when I was uh, preparing uh, for this talk, I read a, a few different articles and was looking at uh, different things and reading uh, a few different books, not the whole book, but reading chapters of the book. And uh, they were a lot of scholars uh, kept saying this, that basically Jesus ate his way through the Bible, eating with all walks of life. And I thought, you know, that table right there represented all walks of life. And that's the type of thing that we want to accomplish uh, with missional community. And so that's why I wanted to look at the table, because it's something uh, we already do, and it's a place uh, that many people will come and gather uh, with a lot of different differences. So throughout the Bible, uh, food is mentioned. Uh, we can see gathering food. Uh, we can see that the Bible talks about Jesus as food for communion. Uh, the Bible talks about preparing food. Uh, the Bible talks about thanking God for food. And then, of course, a lot of people's favorite, food and drink. And we all know the drink wasn't Coca-Cola. It wasn't Diet Coke. Uh, but it was uh, uh, grape juice, the kind that we serve here. Um, so, obviously, you know, and these scholars also said that Jesus... They, or, and Caesar says in his book that Jesus was a party animal. They would always find him at the party. And so therefore, what that table looked like was a bunch of different people, and Jesus would constantly get questioned. Why are you sitting with this person? They're not like us. Why are you with this person? That, you know, they're not as good as us, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, so we want to... Uh, we want to open our tables up to our community. Who's around us? Who are the people that we're drawn to? There's over 1,200 instances of food mentioned in the Bible. So I think gathering around food is pretty important. Uh, so yeah, the, my point is there is just that, you know, if the Bible's talking about it, if Jesus was meeting with people around food, I think we need to do the same. So now that we can see that uh, food is a valuable thing, not just to eat and consume, but to have a third place at, I want to talk with you about what do we do once we get to the table. I believe once we get to the table, and uh, it was said in a few books I was reading, and I think Jesus modeled it for us uh, perfectly, that it's a place that we can begin to tell our story. Okay, All of us have a story, and all the people that we sit down to eat with have stories as well. Sitting at the table with people isn't some quick uh, four-step approach uh, to getting people to see the light of Christ quickly. It's a process. It takes time. Uh, most of the meals mentioned in the Bible would have lasted for hours and some for days. Now, I know with... My family, I was even with my family uh, this week uh, for a funeral, and 
uh, the Venatas, we love each other, but we eat, and boom, people start to go, you know. All right, see you next time. See you there. But we know that we care for each other, but boy, it can be a, a quick thing. Those aren't the type of meals that we're talking about. We're talking about meals where you're really taking time to tell your story and listening to other people's stories. Sitting down to the table uh, shouldn't be rushed or thought of as a one-time event. It may take several meals to get to know people, but gathering around the table will help bring down some of the walls uh, that we put up, and it'll help us uh, get closer to people. It'll lead to, to greater and deeper conversations. When people begin uh, to feel safe around the table and open up, uh, they'll begin to get past just the casual passing, like the way that we say, the, say hello to people walking their dogs uh, down the street or just as we're passing people uh, going to the grocery store. Sitting at the table will help us uh, to get closer with one another. Then when we're at the table, we can ask God to help us flow naturally and to share about things that we're passionate about. And as believers, I would hope that we would begin to weave into the conversation that we are passionate about living for him. Again, these meals need to be without an agenda, but yet with purpose and intention. And the purpose and intention that we need to have is loving God and out of that abundance, loving his people. Planning dinners to sit down with people, planning dinners to sit down with people Jesus is calling us to love wouldn't include the constant need to steer the conversation back to Jesus like most of us experience sometimes in small groups. You know, in small groups, and everything has a purpose, but some of the difference of missional community is, is that we really want to get to know the people around the table. And so that means if I come to the table with an agenda, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to that person. We really need to come with the purpose of that this is that we're committing long-term to reaching people with Christ's love. And so we don't have to do everything in one night. We don't have to answer all their questions. We don't have to share with them everything that we believe in Christ. And maybe even the first couple meals, we may not mention that much more of Christ than that, hey, I go to church. And it may not even be that. It's, I can't tell you it's just one thing. It really needs to be without agenda, but loving people. If the meal has an agenda before you sit down... Oh, I already did that. Uh, missional meals uh, go much deeper than a quick sales pitch. Um, it's loving people as ourselves. Um, all the other thing that I was going to say there is that if we want to have uh, meals with agenda around missional community, I believe that you'd be better off to ask them to come over for your Amway sales pitch about Jesus and then cut bait when you realize that they're not buying what you're selling. How many people have ever been invited out by an Amway person? I have. I didn't realize I was getting suckered, and I even paid for my own meal. What a bummer that was. And that's when I was a missionary living in Kansas City, and I didn't have much money. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? You know, didn't even, he, he realized I wasn't buying what he was selling. Anyways, so I want to give you guys some tips uh, for how to have conversation uh, at the table. 
Uh, some of the books that I've been reading are The Art of Neighboring, The Art of Neighboring by Jay Pathak and Dave Runyon. Uh, there's a couple books by Caesar. And uh, some of the things that I'm going to read here come out of that book. But I also want to uh, remind you, as I give you this list, um, please don't uh, put this list on the table when you're getting ready to have a meal with someone. That would be an agenda. That would mean you're setting a piece of paper on the table because you want to get from A, B, C, you want to cover all these steps. Get them up here. You know, if I can memorize a few things, anyone can. So, as, we're, uh, as people are at the table, uh, you might be saying to yourself, how do we begin you know, to go about this conversation? Well, for some of us, that comes about real easy, but for others of us, that's really hard. Just begin to talk about what are the things that everyone can see. What can you all see? What's going on around you, like the weather? You could talk about uh, your crazy neighbor. We all have a crazy neighbor. We all have a, a loud dog if, you're, if they're your neighbor. Or if you invite them from soccer, talk about uh, the kids' soccer, you know, whatever. You're just uh, starting to, to talk about things uh, that all of you can see. Because I think some, some of us, you know, we don't want to share the gospel with people because we're, we're, you know, we're thinking, oh, I've got to do all these steps, and I've got to close the deal. But in missional community, it's loving them. So you don't have to cover all these steps in one night. The next thing that you can do is begin to talk about basic info. How long have you lived in this area? Where did you grow up? What do you do for a living? Uh, where, did you, uh, where, did your, where did you meet your spouse? Now, see, this gets good for me because when people start to ask me, uh, what I do for a living. I, actually, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, up until a couple months ago when we started to get, or a while ago when we started to get into this missional community stuff, I really hated telling people that I work at a church. And that sounds odd, but when you tell people that you work at a church, everyone starts, they stop cussing, they stop doing all this stuff, they start apologizing the whole time that you're talking to them. Oh, I'm sorry that I F this, and I did that, and blah, 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 and forgive me for that, and oh my goodness, I was talking about this, and whew, you're, oh, you work at a church, I shouldn't have been telling you this, you know, and it gets, it complicates uh, the conversation, but you know, now, I, I don't know, a, a switch just went off for me that, you know, I've been having all kinds of, uh, it's been giving me a better uh, inroad. Uh, when they asked me where I met my wife. That's another great one, too, because I'm like, New Zealand, what were you doing in New Zealand? I was uh, working on the mission field, and we got married in Germany, and so it starts to open up this conversation where they start to, to hear, okay, he's, he's probably a believer, or he goes to church or something like that. So, you know, there's these basic steps, and none of these are in order, because we've all met that person where aunt, right away you're in the deep stuff. But most of us, we have to start in the shallow end. So this will lead to common interest as you listen, and you'll learn about their story. It's very important when we're doing missional meals that we're making time to hear other people's stories. And that can take a while, okay? I, 
I mean, it really can. So you need, if you're going to ask someone for their story, you better be prepared to really hear it because nothing's worse than if you just cut them off and go, you know, I've heard enough. I, I know you well enough, buddy. I'm sorry. This, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't looking for the whole thing, you know. So you don't want to do that. Be prepared to spend time with people. Be prepared uh, to really hear them. Because what happens when you start to talk about common interests and you're really listening to your stories, you guys are starting to cross paths on things and you're starting to realize, you know what, we have more in common than just being Democrat and Republican. Or we have more in common, and this has been a tough season, you know, we have more in common here. And, the, you know, this is where uh, the conversation gets better. Next, we can talk about our dreams and desires. Boy, if you start asking people about their dreams and desires, you know, th that the conversation can really go deep from there. Uh, this is where things really start opening up and you're really getting to know each other. What do you love most about what you do? That can be an interesting question because you might get them going, you know, I hate everything I do. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm only doing this because it puts food on the table and it does this, but continue to listen to them. Do your dreams line up with your work? This question can really open up more for people and it goes deeper because for some people, parts of their job work with their mission and what they want to do and some of it doesn't. You know, and so we can really uh, go uh, deeper with people. And then this is where, you know, few of us go, you know, because we got to start putting on our waders and some people, like, they're getting out their uh, uh, inner tubes because they think they're going to sink, you know, when the conversation starts getting this deep. But we start to talk about our regrets, our losses, and our pain. And, you know, that's, maybe that, that might take a while. Maybe there's some meals you might get there because, you know, you, uh, you, you started talking to a neighbor because they lost a loved one this week and you invite them over for dinner or um, stuff like that. But when we start talking about our pain, our losses, and pain, our losses, our pain, and all those things, we're really getting deep with people and we're really being vulnerable with one another. This is where people uh, can begin uh, to see that our stories are similar and they may start to wonder if Jesus was present for Rick in his pain, if Jesus was present for Rick in his loss and in his regrets, could he do the same for me? Right? And that's where we begin to start sharing that our story is not just about us, but that it includes Christ. You know, and that's way, way simpler than just doing a sales pitch. Let me, let me give you the four spiritual laws. I never met you before, but the quiz says that you're ready to hear the four spiritual laws, so I'm going to give you the gospel right here and now. And hey, that works, too. But I think this way is way better because it's going to build a community that we can disciple. It's going to build a community of people that are gathering together and that they're growing and that they're taking care of one another. And it's going to build a church that is loving 
one another out of the love that we have for him. So, let me give you some application. This, this is going to be a record here, people. Um, this week, or today even, I really pray that you would ask God uh, to help you uh, see that meal times are missional. I know for myself, I'll tell you where I'm starting. There's some people in our missional community right now that are, that are if you're saying someone's doing a better job, uh, they're doing more of something else than I am. We have uh, people in our group that they're really reaching out to their neighbors and they're reaching out to their community. But I know for me, one of the places, and this might be where you guys have to start too, is that I need to make my dinner table at home more missional. I began to look at how often do I really sit down with my own family and eat a meal. And it was looking pretty slim some weeks. And, you know, if we want to model this to people, we need to start it in the home, too. So I'm trying to be more intentional, like on Sunday afternoons, Monday nights, Friday nights, at least three times a week of actually sitting down with my family and having a meal and talking with my kids. Because, I mean, it really hit me the other day. You know, my daughter's going to be 16, and in a few years, she's going to be off to school. You know, and I'm like, man, I just got to spend time with her. And she's not in here today because last time I got in trouble for mentioning her <laughs> during <laughs> a talk. But, you know, when our kids are in missional community, sometimes people are going to be ready to talk when you're not ready. I was at home working out last night and uh, having a good time. And my daughter just comes down. And she just wants to hang out with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we're listening to Disney music. And I'm just like, these songs are great, you know? And she's like, mom and brother didn't like my songs. And I'm like, oh, I love them, you know? So we're just sitting around. And just through listening to music that wasn't necessarily my choice, we were having community. And so we need to be ready when people are ready. And that may sometimes cut into what we're doing. But we need to be willing to do that, um, to spread the gospel. Uh, ask God to show you the people that you should be eating with. For some of you guys, there's people that you eat with every day at lunch, and they may not be the people that you're to be missional with. Or they may be. That's between you and God. But just ask God to show you, who could I eat more with? I know uh, John, man, he's, I know one of the things he's trying to do is to not eat meals alone. He's kind of made that his thing, you know, to ask people to the different lunches that he goes to. And maybe that's something uh, you could do or I could do more of. I probably do more coffee, like invite people to coffee, you know, it can be you know, going to the bar, having a drink with someone. It doesn't have to be a full meal, but places that you're sitting down and uh, where people can get more comfortable. Um, asking God to help you to share your story. And I think this is a big one for people. I'd be willing to bet that if there's anyone in here that's been a Christian their whole life, they've struggled with sometime in, the, in their life, I don't have a story. 
And I know that there's other people that maybe haven't grown up in the church and they think, I don't have a story. No, anyone that is taking breath has a story. And I think especially if you grew up in the church your whole life and maybe, maybe you've lived what doesn't sound like a testimony, uh, no, that's a testimony that you've walked with Christ, that you've avoided some of these other things. Listen, a lot of times when people tell a testimony, what they don't realize is that when they're telling you, I did this and I was bad and I was merciless and I was all these things, a lot of times that testimony no longer is about Christ, but it's about them. We have to be careful when we're telling our story that we're not just talking about ourselves and trying to say, I was worse than you. Because sometimes that's what some of these testimonies that we think, oh, they have such a great testimony where Christ came in to your life. And not downplaying what Christ did for them, but we have to be careful. Because I did this a lot when we traveled. We told testimonies, and we'd have to realize, was I really talking about Christ, or did I just want to tell people about myself? If I'm not telling them about Him, then I'm not really giving that testimony. And then the last one is to ask God to help us drop our agendas and live with intention and purpose instead. And that's hard for us to do. I've, I wrestle with it all the time, you know, especially on Sunday morning. You know, I have kind of an agenda of what I need to get done here, and people are coming in and saying hi, and I'm kind of skipping around. And sometimes I have to remind myself, slow down and try to say hello. And I, I don't always do it because I get... I get busy here, you know, but we need to try to remember to get rid of the agenda. So I want to pray and uh, just read uh, one last thing to you. Um, this is a poem that's in Caesar's book uh, called A Transformed New Way of Being a Christian, and uh, it's based off of Jesus uh, being with the lady at the well. And it goes like this, and then we'll pray. To be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. And I just met you, but I love you. I don't know you, but I want to get to. Let me run back to town. This is way too much for just me. There are others, brothers, sisters, lovers, haters, the good and the bad, sinners and saints who should hear what you've told me, who should see what you've shown me, who should taste what you gave me, who should feel how you forgave me. For to be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help all of us to be more missional. God, I pray that you would help us to be uh, more missional around the table in our communities, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help us to uh, lay down our agendas and take on your intention and purpose. God, I just uh, pray, Lord, help us to, to reach people that are different than us. Just like in that video, we saw people from all walks of life, God. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't uh, just be 
uh, a church that just is loving on the people in, in this building, but that we're loving on people outside of our community and that we're sharing uh, the love that we receive from you with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. John, did you have anything for ministry time? Okay, well, we have 20 minutes. Uh, I've got a second sermon prepared. Um, I'm just kidding. If you know me, I don't. Because that, I don't know how John does it week after week. That, it's a lot. Um, but uh, we have 20 minutes. I know the kids probably need a little bit more time. So why don't we take some time? Or if you've got to go, go. But, uh, you know, just be missional with one another and enjoy this uh, extra time that I gave you. In Jesus' name, go forth. Thanks, John. Thank you. Okay. That was good. Caesar. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Caesar. Uh, not, he's, um, the dog whisperer, Caesar, right? No, that'd be great too. Yeah. Caesar Augustus.